Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Just a reminder that this podcast represents my own opinions. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. Hello, friends, and welcome. I'm so glad we're in this space together. It really speaks to your desire to make changes at a deeper level more sustained level of change and also speaks to your curiosity around a new way to maybe lose the weight you've been struggling for years to take off and or heal your relationship with food and with yourself, capital S, so you can finally just think about living free of all the food and body weight chatter that consumes your mind all day long. Finally, giving you the freedom to be in the healthy body you want to be in, as well as finally being able to live your life in the way you want to live it without the focus and distraction of food, of eating, of weight, of your body. Just do not give up, my friends. You really can get there. I released a newsletter last month all about somatic experiencing. And by the way, if you have not already, go over to my website at heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. It is a weird last name, Dutch ancestry. Heatherheinen.com. And sign up for my free monthly newsletter. Uh, it's on all things well-being. It's a little different each and every month. There's always a recipe included uh, as well as um, all the discount codes you can use as listeners of this podcast and of readers of that newsletter. Uh, anyway, last month, I wrote all about somatic experiencing and how to use it for weight loss, for healing. And so that made me think I really should do an episode on somatic experiencing So I can go a little bit deeper on it as well as, you know, it's such an integral part of how I help my clients and helped myself come to healing from restricting and binging and yo-yo dieting and the ups and downs of weight. Um, So anyway, that's what this episode is going to be all about. And so you might be asking, okay, what is somatic experiencing or somatic therapy and a peer definition of somatic therapy is a form, it's a form of body-centered therapy that looks at the connection of mind and body and uses both psychotherapy and physical therapies for holistic whole person healing. And as a mental health therapist, I use talk therapy often, and we talk a lot in this podcast about thought work, but it's important to also understand we have another way that we approach behavior change as well. That's integrated into all that thought work. And this is through mind-body exercises and physical techniques to really help move the healing along quicker as we help to make 
it, it's a way that I help make desire changes for my clients happen quicker. So if you are a very in-your-head person, a very logical person, you like to think a lot, you analyze, you maybe overanalyze a lot. Um, and another clue might be if you are uncomfortable moving your body or using your body to express emotion. So things like dancing, um, you know, maybe you tend to hold emotions inside for a while until, you know, often when we do that, um, you will emote, you will express, but often it's an anger or rage or frustration. Um, it's like this overwhelming emotion that we express then. Um, if you use food for comfort or to self-soothe, um, if you emotionally eat, if you experience anxiety, often uh, what I have found over 25 years of doing this, my clients with high anxiety, me included, um, we often have a lot of difficulty being in our bodies, we're often in our head. So if, if you have anxiety that, you know, can, might be a clue, like you're in your head a lot. Um, if you define yourself as sort of type A or perfectionistic, or maybe even rigid or a black and white, you know, that dichotomous thinker type. Uh, so, you know, if we're talking about food here, you would think, you think about food as good or bad. You use the words good or bad often. Um, and if you have difficulty changing your behaviors or sticking to new habits you really truly want to stick to, then I urge you to keep listening. Somatic therapy, somatic experiencing might be the piece that you are missing. In the 1970s, a gentleman by the name of Peter Levine developed a version of somatic therapy and it was called somatic experiencing. And that came out of Jungian therapy who if you've been listening to this for a while, you might remember he is my favorite theorist. Um, and his observation of animals, <coughs> excuse me, he, he noticed that when humans, but not animals, experience trauma or high levels of stress when they're attacked, um, animals do not become trapped in sort of that uh, fight, flight, freeze. You know, they don't experience PTSD. They, they don't experience those things after trauma or high levels of stress. But humans often do. Um, and when we experience trauma, and we're going to talk a little bit about what trauma actually means, but we can get trapped in that fight, flight, freeze. And now we know the fawn response. And his idea is that you know, we remain frozen in many parts of life as a reaction to a traumatic experience or experiencing heightened stressors over time. And these frozen parts of us accumulate energy as they should, right? But but offload or expend that energy in ways that are counterproductive to a healthy life. Like through more stress and anxiety, um, it can create lots of physical ailments within the body, uh, things like that. The goal of somatic experiencing is, or therapy is to really redirect this energy into healthier directions to offload it in that way so it doesn't stay stuck within the body. Overstressed trauma, complex trauma, is when too much happens too soon for our nervous system to process. So this can occur from what some people label as big T trauma, you know, big T trauma is often defined as things like, you know, a car accident or um, being raped or being shot at or attacked, you know, 
those really, or witnessing that. But it can also occur from little t trauma as well as complex trauma, which are defined often as more small, in quotation mark, traumas that occur over and over, like often over time, right? Um, complex trauma can be things like, you know, if you grew up with uh, an alcoholic parent, so you are kind of always on walking on eggshells throughout your childhood, you know, that would be considered um, complex trauma. Um, or if you often had lots of verbal put downs, you know, when you were growing up over time, like lots of that over time may not have been a, you know, major, huge anger outburst by the parent or the caregiver or anything, but it was more like, um, you know, things like, you know, you get all A's on your report card and you come back with one C and all you hear is, um, well, what happened there? you know, it, and, and over time. And so that would be considered things like complex trauma. Um, and finally, it can occur, we know now, from being overstressed for a period of time. So, you know, if you're in a job for the past 10 years, very stressful job, and you're just overstressed. Um, so being overstressed for a period of time, this can occur. So think of it like eating a really huge meal, right? Um, so Trauma happens, complex trauma happens, overstressed happens. So we this really huge meal and not fully digesting it, but then eating another big meal and then another. You know, our bodies don't digest what happened or is happening. And instead, we stuff our feelings, uh, we numb out, we deny reality, we resist our feelings, we use behavioral ways like for our purposes here, many of us overeating, restricting, drinking, shopping, et cetera, to, to self-soothe. Um, never fully, remember, some of you might've caught that, restriction for many of us is a way to self-soothe in the moment. So you might be overeating and or you might ha be having periods of restriction. That's still about self-soothing. When we restrict, we feel in control. That's a sense of soothing. So just remember that. Anyway, never fully feeling our emotions and therefore you know, if we don't fully feel our emotions, we never fully process, we never express and dislodge our emotional, our emotions, energy in our bodies. And, and so it gets stuck in our bodies. And, and this is also how chronic illness can manifest in our bodies. By the way, I do have an episode about, um, you know, feeling our feelings. I'm trying to think of the title. It was, it's one of the first ones I recorded. Uh, but anyway, if you are listening to this and you scroll way back down to some of the beginnings, there's one there about feeling our feelings and the importance of offloading that, that emotion and how to do that. And I'm going to talk more about how we can do that. Um, if you, you know, at this point, sometimes when I'm talking to people about this, I, you know, there's often some reactions like this, this sounds a little bit out there for me, right? Then, then I just would really recommend looking into all the studies, the research and the hard evidence we have confirming that somatic therapy, somatic experiencing works. Um, another wonderful resource and one of my favorite, which was life-changing books. It was life-changing for me. Um, that I recommend to everyone I possibly can is The Body Keeps the Score by 
Bessel van der Kolk. Um, within this book, he gives many, many resources and studies and references along the way with a really powerful narrative that goes really in depth on how this happens within our bodies. Um, so anyway, I would really highly recommend reading that book or listening to it on, on audio. There are many, many, many types of somatic therapies. And just, just a side note here, somatic therapies do not all involve body work, right? Many are simply focused on teaching and practicing mindfulness and practices like sensorimotor therapies that actually incorporate ideas from cognitive behavioral therapy and neuroscience. And I'm offering that up because some of you who may have a real resistance to like, you know, I'm not gonna, I do not feel comfortable, you know, trying to shake and dance and and do all these things that sometimes you hear about in somatic therapy to offload that energy. Um, You know, there's so many ways, you guys, so many ways that we can use somatic therapy that don't involve actually doing things like that, that you can do things like that. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But um, I just want you to know there are so many things you can do on a comfort level for you. Um, So... There, there are just many ways that we can use somatic therapy that, like I said, incorporate ideas from cognitive behavioral therapy and neuroscience. And really what underlies all of these therapies is the belief that the body can manifest mental and emotional unease and can also help heal it. Somatic therapy or experiencing is, is really all about helping ourselves to develop resources within ourselves in order to self-regulate our emotions. Um, You know, another way to put that is to help ourselves learn how to move out of the fight, flight, freeze, fawn response and into a higher functioning mode where we can really access our, what we're trying to do is access our prefrontal cortex because that's where we can think more clearly and in more helpful ways, right? So remember when we talk about thought work a lot, we're, we're talking often about, how can I think in a more, what thoughts are going to be more helpful for me to make the changes that I want to think? So, you know, somatic experiencing is really about where we get really good and skilled at shifting our nervous system out of the fight, flight, freeze, fawn response, uh, which is the um, sympathetic nervous system. And and really being able then, because once we're out of that, once that system is is not going up, we can shift into that higher functioning mode. Our brain can access the prefrontal cortex, and this is where we can think in more helpful ways. So when we develop awareness of our mind-body connection, remember awareness is always the start of this. So how our mind influences our body and how our body influences our mind and brain and then we use and practice specific interventions, we can really learn to release the tension, the anger, the frustration, and the other emotions that remain in our body from typically past negative experiences. And the goal here is to help free ourselves from what prevents us from living a full, engaged life, which means being able to make the changes in our lives that we really want to make and to live in that freedom. Um, it is unfortunate that most of us with eating issues really try to ignore the body and you may not even know that you are doing this, but most of us with 
food issues, body issues, um, we're really no longer in touch with or, or we misinterpret body sensation. And, and this is a really big uh, roadblock in resolving the stress and overwhelm that lead to overeating. So remember our framework for change, right? We hold an identity and from this stems our thoughts, which cultivate our feelings and our feelings come along with little chemical cocktails that create sensations in our bodies. And it is these sensations that drive our behaviors which get us our results in all things in life, by the way, not just our bodies and eating issues and all those things. And if you need a refresher or want to go a little deeper again um, on this framework and how it works, go all the way back to episode three. Um, it's called a framework for lasting change uh, where you can, um, I, I, I go super, I think, well, I haven't listened to it in a while, but I know I, I went pretty in depth on that one. Anyway, that'll give you a refresher or another overview if you haven't listened to that one yet. So if we know most of us with eating issues or unnormalized eating patterns have difficulty really being in our bodies, like embodying our own bodies, you know, so that means you don't like your body, you say mean things to yourself about your body, you feel uncomfortable in your body, you are embarrassed of your body. These are all clues that you are not embodying your body and you're, you're probably really disconnected from your body's sensations. You're not at peace in your body or um, within your body. And this means, you know, um, those sensations that your body is giving you, you're either going to misinterpret or you're just ignoring them altogether. And if we really think about it, our body sensations are really messages to us. Our, our body sensations are its way of trying to communicate something to you. Many, many of us with eating and body issues not only misinterpret our body sensations, um, but like I said, many of us, and this was me for years, just ignore the body's sensations altogether. And both these responses to the body and the sensations it's giving us creates then even more stress and overwhelm, you know, because that's all building up. That's all building up. And stress and overwhelm, which as we know, are the feelings that often lead most of us here who are listening <laughs> to overeat. And that's what's creating our results. The the body that most of us take for granted really is intelligent and, um, you know, really in a way needs to be uh, our first, like it's our first health advisor. It's, it's language is sensation. When we are experienced sensation, it is the body trying to tell us something and we all, I mean, most of us, I think, can understand this from, we know when we have pain, right? And and maybe, because some of us even can ignore lots of pain in the body, but maybe really intense pain in the body. Maybe it's really strong headache or, you know, a migraine. We know the body is trying to communicate something to us in that sense. But the more subtle bodily sensations are really easy to miss. And it is a practice and a skill to learn this. And most people, 
um, like as I said before, do not only listen to these messages, many of us just no longer hear them. We've just, we're so out of practice or have never learned how to hear them. So somatic therapy or experiencing really helps us. It puts us back in touch with and shows us how to work with body sensation to help us resolve the stress and negative emotions that trigger overeating, even if uh, it was something caused in our past. So those with emotional eating often have a really hard time managing stress and other life issues without turning to overeating and or restricting or even purging um, to manage stress, to calm ourselves, to find comfort, right? And sometimes emotional eaters, we don't even realize that we are under stress as stress feels very normal. However, you know, if we take a really good look, a closer look, um, we would see that our nervous system is really struggling to maintain balance. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the nervous system here because I think it's really under, it's really important for this to understand how the nervous system works and how it can create this really um, difficult relationship with food and emotional eating and overeating and binging and restricting and all those things. So when the nervous system is off balance, it will either be really revved up. And this is when, you know, you may feel anxious. You're just on the go. Um, you know, you're go, go, go. You have a really hard time relaxing or the nervous system can be shut down. So that's when you might feel really low energy, can't get motivated. You're feeling disconnected. Um, but one important thing that often doesn't get talked about is that the nervous system can actually be revved up and shut down at the same time, um, resulting in just really what I would call a complex of systems, right? And the result is this real huge variety of problems. And that includes eating problems, eating disorders, panic attacks, anxiety, chronic pain, thyroid or autoimmune disorders, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, etc. You know, we end up trying to cope with these things by overeating and undereating, as well as working out, drinking, drugs, overworking, angry outbursts, blaming others when we feel terrible. You know, it goes on and on. And you might be thinking, okay, how could this list of all these different symptoms um, come together and all these things have to have different causes and therefore, you know, we're going to need different ways to solve them. And so, so this is where you need, you want to understand how the nervous system works. And so think about a car with the accelerator or the brake constantly engaged, right? What would happen to the car? It would really begin to break down. And it's the same with the body. When the nervous system is chronically on or off, the body begins to break down. And if you think about a car, you could be hitting the brake and the accelerator at the exact same time. And that again will begin to break. It will break the car down. And that's what also can be going on in the body. Um, and, and when it's in one of these states, it, when the, when the nervous system isn't balanced, right? When it's not working correctly, it, it makes it really difficult to learn change behavior, to make actual behavior changes. And that is because 
you know, we have these three parts of our brains. Just can, can stay with me here. I promise this will all come together. We've talked about the brain before, but let's just get really, um, I want you to be really clear on this. So we have the logic brain, that's the neocortex, which is what helps us change our thinking. It's where we plan from and we figure out if things are logical or not. Many of us probably listening to this um, are in that logic brain a lot, okay? So we then have the feeling brain, the limbic brain, which is in charge of feelings, empathy, the ability to connect, okay? And then we have the primitive brain. It's often called the reptilian brain, which is the most automatic and which reacts before the other two brains have any idea of what's going on. And when we are overeating, when we are restricting, when we are doing behaviors like that, it is often because the primitive brain is going off. And so we are trying in ways to self-soothe. So when the nervous system is on or off, the primitive brain is running the show. And to do that, what it does is it sends chemicals to the logical brain to shut it down. So in survival terms, it makes a lot of sense, right? Our bodies react to danger before the mind knows what's happening. And we need that. We need that if we are actually in, in danger. Because even you know one or two seconds can be the difference between surviving or not. So the brain doesn't let us think. It just acts to save us. And that's when the nervous system is either on or off. The primitive brain, that reptilian brain is running the show. And if you've lived with overwhelming stress or have experienced trauma, then and remember the different types of trauma, okay? We're not just talking big T trauma. There's other kinds there. The nervous system begins to change. And in fact, you know, there are MRI studies that show stress and trauma literally changes the structure and function of the brain, making it a lot harder to challenge old behaviors and to challenge old thought patterns and to challenge old habits and to learn new ones. So somatic experience can calm that reptilian brain and brings the logical brain online, making it so much easier to change. Um, sorry, cats are, cats are going off as I'm sure you can hear. The focus of, uh, okay, now I got to get my brain back on board. The focus of somatic experiencing is on connecting with sensations in the body in a way that allows stored energy from negative events and stress to be gently released. Somatic experiencing really allows the nervous system to return to balance. So that emotional eating and the other ways we try to cope and self-soothe are no longer needed. Um, With somatic experiencing, that nervous system, like I said, becomes more balanced. And so as a result of that, how we experience that when the nervous system is balanced, we find it easier to negotiate life and relationships um, without being knocked off balance, without having huge, strong emotional reactions or trying to self-soothe. You'll be able to let go of old coping mechanisms like overeating, and you'll be much less likely 
to erupt in anger or get caught up in grief and sadness and fear. It doesn't mean you don't feel those things, those those emotions I just listed. What it means is you don't have that need or that drive to stuff them, to try to soothe, self-soothe them through other means like food overeating. Um, and this is really what facilitates recovery from eating and weight-related rel- issues. S- somatic experiencing is also really ideal for psychosomatic issues like pains in the body um, or other symptoms that can't be explained medically like digestive issues, you know, things like irritable bowel syndrome, yeast problems, chronic fatigue, all those things. And um, maybe some of you know, um, you know, this is this knowledge is becoming more and more in the forefront of we we are treated these are like we have pain clinics all over the place and they use this sort of therapy to really help with chronic pain and things like that um okay so i'm going to give you just a couple practical ideas one one caveat here and i did put this in my newsletter as well you know if you have had lots of big t trauma if you experience experience complex trauma you know, you want to be, you, you really want to work with a professional on somatic experiencing. And this is why, because if you've had those experiences and you may even be suffering from PTSD, um, those sorts of things, you want a professional who's trained in this to help you go through these experiences. I would not recommend doing any somatic experiencing on your own because um, a lot of heavy, heavy duty um emotions can come up if you have experiences like that and um, can be overwhelming, right? It can go the opposite way of what we're looking for. So if that is you, then these um, things that I'm going to offer, um, I just I just want to put the caveat out there to work with a trained professional with these things. Um, but for some of us, if um, you're feeling like, no, you're ready to try some things. I'm going to give you a couple things here. And so this would be when um, maybe you're judging your body, right? You're you're looking in the mirror and you are saying things like, I hate my body so much. Um, I can't stand this. Um, I can't, I, you just want to crawl out of your body. Try some of these practices. So if you feel stuck, like you can't move or do anything, put on some music and dance it out. So shaking, actual physical shaking and body movement sends a message to your body that the danger has passed and that your fight or flight response, um, fight, flight, freeze, fawn response can, can stop, can turn off. So wiggle, move, jump up and down, get your body into the music. By the way, you don't even need to use music. You can just stand up, shake, move. Your body is being perceived as as um, the danger. And so getting into your body and moving it so you can experience that this body is safe to be in. Um, so that would be one thing you could try. If you are feeling like you need to run away from yourself or fight your body, you know, you're kind of that sensation of, I just want out of my body. Sit with your feet on the floor and bring your attention down to your feet, right? Shine your light of attention. Think of it like a flashlight. That's your attention light. Move that flashlight, that that um, beam of light down to your feet. Sit, sit with your feet on the floor. 
and make your exhales longer than your inhales. And I talk about this often, many, many episodes. Inhale through the nose for a count of two, exhale for a count of four, or inhale for a count of three, exhale through the nose for a count of six. Doesn't matter, the, like whatever you inhale, just double the number on the exhale. And there's um, a brain, there's a brain and body based reason why that works to calm you down. We're not going to get, I talked about it before, so I won't get into it, but there's reasons that breathing protocol works to calm that amygdala down. So here you're really working to ground your energy and to feel the safety of being in your body in this moment. You cannot escape your body. It is there with you everywhere you go. And and the practice here is about really slowing down and attending to a body part that feels safe, so your feet, and that you're bringing your focus to so that your body can stop being perceived as the threat. And you know, another goal here is to invite a sense of safety back into your body. So another tool you could experiment with is called the butterfly hug. And this technique, um, it comes from EMDR, which is a type of therapy used um, by a licensed professional, by the way, EMDR, is to support feeling safe when processing trauma. So it's used within a therapy session by a by a person with um, who's, who's learned how to do EMDR. But the butterfly hug, you can do on your own. So interlock your thumbs over your chest and flap your palms up and down slowly like a butterfly. And you can flap your right hand and then your left hand and repeat it 10 times and then pause and notice how you feel. Um, if you get often that fear of weight change, you know, my weight's going up or, um, you know, whatever it is, uh, that may continue to come up and that's okay. You know, it, 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 we need to think it's not a problem. Begin to experience those thoughts as your body's way of letting you know it needs your support. Okay. That's, that's your body trying to give you a message. I really need support and to feel safe right now. Welcomed and to really like where it belongs here. And you can support your body in feeling that way now and in the moment and now and in the moment right now. No body change is needed to really get those feelings going. I just really believe it's important to share with all of you the different ways we can make changes for ourselves and somatic experiencing can be incredibly powerful for making these changes we really want to make. It's such an integral part of the holistic approach I use with my clients, whether it's therapy clients or my life and weight loss coaching clients. I challenge you to give a couple of these experiences a try or as a caveat I mentioned earlier, make an appointment with a professional to move you through these experiences. Uh, this week. And even if they feel uncomfortable at first, we know that these practices can really help. It can really help us make the changes we really want to be making and bring us more peace and joy and fulfillment to our lives. I thank you for listening to this extra long episode this week. And if you found something valuable, would you please consider uh, rating the podcast, giving it a five-star review if you're listening from Apple Podcasts. Um, anything like that really does help support 
me being able to get these episodes out there every week. Um, Another way to support the podcast is to share it with someone you think may benefit, to post it on your socials. That's huge. Um, And another way is to offer um, some support to donate to the podcast. And there's a listener support button at the end of the description of this episode from whatever platform you're listening from. So you can click on that. And um, even a donation of 99 cents is absolutely huge because that really does help me continue putting these things out there. All right. Again, thanks for being here, for sharing this space with me, and we will talk soon. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services. Thank you.